listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. Hey everybody, I'm Joe Struess. And I'm Adam Solarzik. And we are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Past the Forecast podcast. Where we take you past the forecast that you see on TV and tell you a little bit more about what we're seeing as meteorologists and then eventually talk more and more and more about really anything. Yeah, how weather impacts our lives, how it may be impacting yours, weather events that have happened around the world and globally. And that's what we do here. And today we are seeing something that Joe loves seeing so much. Snow. You are a big snow lover. What is your, what's your ideal type of snow? Is this what you'd like to see? No, no. This is the warm and wet snow, the heart attack snow. It's snowman snow too, though. It is snowman snow. No, it's correct there. But this <laughs> is that warm, wet snow that puts a strain on your body when you go to shovel it or clear it. I like when it's a bit colder and we can get the more fluffy snow. I will say, though, February 26th, the start of winter was a little lame. And it's still... <laughs> has not been tremendous here in northeast Indiana, but at least we've gotten a few rounds of some wintry weather now. I'm liking it. I'll take it. Well, we ha- it, it's kind of been the best of both worlds over the last two weeks where we have a, a snow or a winter event, and then we have uh, beautiful conditions with like this past weekend where we had highs in the low to mid 50s at times, and we had plenty of sunshine for several days straight. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but Man, it was nice, and then we had the return of winter. Because after the snow, we're going to see temperatures drop well below average. We're supposed to be seeing temperatures in the upper 30s, near 40 degrees. Yeah, so let's get into it here. You mentioned the warm weather, and now we're talking about snow. It's been kind of forecast helter-skelter lately across the board. So let's get into it with some of our hits and misses. Hits and misses. So what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with our hits, or do you want to start with our misses? Well, what's the more controversial topic? People are going to be satisfied with our with our hits. Do we just get it out of the way? Yeah, let's get the good news out of the way. Let's, let's get the good say news. we did well. So this past weekend was gorgeous. For a February weekend, really not what you would expect when you think of the month of February here in Northeast Indiana. First things first, this past Friday, this past Friday was a sunny day with sunshine all day and comfortable temperatures. Still on the chilly side. Not the warmest we've seen, but comfortable temperatures. It was it was just above average, if I remember correctly. Correct. Or just right around average. And average this time of the year is in the upper 30s. Yes. Uh, we're in the mid to late days of February here. So we hit on this forecast. If you go back to the weekend b- before, the weekend prior, just after Valentine's Day, our 10-day forecast on the weekend for that upcoming Friday was sunshine. It was all about the sunshine. And that verified in a very, very good way for us on Saturday and into Sunday. Now, we come in this weekend, Saturday morning, and we did very well on the weekend. Nice weather. uh, Forecasted a temperature Saturday morning of 47 degrees. Our actual temperature? 47 degrees. 47. Right on the money. We did good there. Not as good overnight Saturday into Sunday. I had a forecasted low of 29 degrees. And I adjusted that down as we were going throughout that. Uh, our actual low was 26. I saw the clear skies, and we really cooled off very, very quickly. Uh, 
before even midnight, we were down in the upper 20s, so I adjusted down to 25. So not too bad there in terms of now casting, which is what we call whenever we're doing it at that moment for like the next, say, 12 hours or so as, as that window that we're looking at. And then you've made a good adjustment for now casting on the high for Sunday. Yeah, the short-term forecast here. Over the over the days prior, we were pretty good in a pretty good position for all of these forecasts. But in the short term, we did have to make adjustments. Sunday morning, I came in and took the high temperature, which Adam and I both had for Sunday as 50 degrees the day prior. When I came in Sunday morning, I adjusted up to 52 degrees. And uh, we got to 53. So I don't think anybody's complaining about that. We had mostly sunny skies on Sunday. A little bit of a scare Sunday morning. There was some cloud cover that was sticking (laughs) around. But by the end of the day, we ended up mostly sunny overall. And our temperatures were pretty close. So we had a really good weekend. I think we had a really good weekend. Pretty successful. Yes, we did. And then this is going to lead into our misses. Because on Sunday, we saw signs, and we'll get really into this here in a minute, Uh, of snow for Wednesday. Wednesday snow started to trend into the forecast ever so slightly on Sunday, so we both said that there's a chance for snow on Wednesday. We put a 30% chance and changed the icon to snowflakes instead of a mixed precipitation, which I think is what we had on, on Saturday. It was something like that for sure. It was close. It was either a mix or we had made the decision to go to the all snow icon at some point during the day Saturday. But Yeah, that's right. Sunday, we left here Sunday night. You left here Sunday night after back-to-back forecasts, which included a snow icon for today and a 30% chance. Now, obviously, at that point, that's not a very high chance. I think looking at it now and how it's performing, uh, it's obviously a lot more than it's 100% out there right now. So, not all in all very bad. We gave you the heads up that there could be some snow. I Um, think the the way we did pretty well there, Adam, was Sunday. We both kind of said, hey, look, Keep an eye on this over the next few days. Stay tuned to us because this is a pretty uh, dramatically changing situation. It's, it was very fluid. Right. And, and and we both said that there was a chance for a dusting to light accumulations on Wednesday. We weren't anticipating anything really all that significant, but, man, did that tune change very quickly as we went uh, into the day on Monday. Just 24 hours later, there were massive shifts in this track. Whenever we first saw this system on on Sunday, it was dropping the heaviest amount of snow, uh, the main axis of snow, through Wisconsin up through northern Michigan. And as we got in here on Sunday, it drifted a little bit to the south, so we were going to be on the southern periphery of that, hence why we added in the chance for snow on Sunday for Wednesday, but we were not really looking at high amounts. And that southward progression continued and into Chicago and the Chicagoland area and then all the way to where we're sitting today. Yeah, when we left shop Sunday, it was more likely in our eyes and really the eyes of every meteorologist in the Midwest that the snow was going to be heavy and mainly located somewhere, southern Wisconsin, eastern Iowa. Then it kind of shifted by Monday to the north side of Chicago, continued to shift to the south side of Chicago, into south-central Michigan on the other side of the lake. And then we get here Tuesday, and that southerly shift continues. Yeah, we've got snow here. So, Adam, uh, people, people at home, <laughs> yes, they want to know how much snow we're going to get. And uh, they let us know when we get it right. Sometimes they 
Uh, Let we us don't know. Get, we don't get a lot of compliments. I have a couple of people on my Facebook page that always thank me for the sunny weather. I got a couple nice thank yous for uh, Sunday and Saturday. But whenever we start putting out these snowfall forecasts a uh, couple days in advance, that's where we start to get some not-so-nice uh, critiques about our jobs. Well, and what's so nice about it? The weather hasn't even happened sometimes, and we're already getting some uh, some negative commentary from the viewers out there. So we have some of those comments here. We'll respond to them a little bit. But, Adam, what has been the trend on Facebook? Uh, it's been uh, negative about uh, how our forecast went when we'll explain here in a minute why this forecast was already – we already mentioned kind of how it was already tricky – We'll talk about how rare it is for it to happen like this. Uh, but here's one of the first comments. This one comes in from Kevin. He writes, Don't you love it how everything is a quote-unquote weather event and the weather forecasters give them all names? Hype, hype, hype. It's such a joke. Well, Kevin, I'll respond to that with, It's snowing right now. Thus, this is a winter weather event. And on our air, we never gave this we never ever give storms names right for winter we only tell you the names of hurricanes so we at Wayne 15 as a weather team do not name winter storms so there is a disclaimer on that comments get better here adam michael <laughs> shares with us wayne your weather team is useless as usual well michael thank you for watching <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we said, we told you there was a chance of snow here. Uh, sorry, I guess uh, I guess somewhere we went flawed there. Adam's got another good one. Uh, Jim has, weathermen have been wrong all winter, not even close. SMH, which is shaking my head. Interesting comment there, because the last snow system was handled very well here in shop. We got, uh, we got the, the totals back from the field, and every forecast that came from here whatever the range was, as it may have changed an inch up or down as the range for snowfall, the final totals fit into that snowfall forecast. Yeah, it was within that range, and that's what we that's why we give a range. We're not going to just sit there and say three inches because it, it varies. There are heavier bands. As we're speaking right now, there are places that are getting heavier snowfall rates than what we could be seeing here in Fort Wayne. You could be seeing heavier snowfall rates in Auburn right now, so you're totals are going to be a little bit higher. So it's, it's going to vary so much inside the storm itself. That's why we give you that three to five range. Now, Adam, you've been in the business longer than me. Yes. So you probably have come up with a good way to respond to this comment. <laughs> We've all heard this one a thousand times. This is from Dwayne. The weatherman is the only person I've seen do a terrible job and still remain employed. This is such an original insult to a meteorologist. And what I used to always say, because I, I went to college with some engineers, and if they get it wrong, their job could be on the line, and they always like to point out that I could be wrong all the time and still keep my job, and I said, looks like you chose the wrong job. Yeah, I mean, that's the best response. The weather forecasting is, is inexact. So if you take a profession where you're always going to have an exact answer to something or an exact way to do to something, it's different. Think about your algebra class in high school. Everybody's taking algebra by their freshman year or sophomore year of high school generally. That's generally the track. And uh, algebra, X generally solves for something. Yes. X has an answer. 
there is a quantitative property to algebra and math and, and, and finite sciences like that. Meteorology is not a finite science. It, it, there are things that we use algebra to try and help us understand how to forecast and things like that. And th- this, this math and science goes into these weather models that we use, but they all handle things differently. And we're getting all these different results and all this different data, and we're trying to compile it all into a forecast. And that's where our expertise of how models handle certain events comes in handy. It's kind of the domino effect forecasting. Yeah. If this happens, then that can happen. But then when you get to option three, it's A, B, or C can happen. And then the next level, A, B, C, or D can happen. So what happens is, as you go out over time, the potential for different outcomes increases. That's why weather forecasting is so hard. You're really trying to predict the future. And it's inexact. It's dependent on hundreds of variables in the atmosphere. And all these variables come more into focus as we get closer and closer in terms of days, like day two and three are going to be more in focus than days four, five, six. And there's going to be more possibilities for what can happen if there's a wide range in those models. Jamie, interesting comment here. 50% chance of any snow, 50% chance it will, 50% chance it won't. Always right. Well, what's interesting about that comment is here at Wayne 15, We do not put out 50% chances of anything. We exclude that one for the reason that it could be misleading. Just as that comment is explaining, 50% it will, 50% it won't. It's heads or tails, right? We do not put out a 50% chance of anything because, again, that, as you're saying, it's it's kind of misleading to the viewer. Uh, Eddie writes in, uh, you weather forecasters, LOL, how embarrassing to predict a big weather event several days out and continuously be wrong every time. What are you talking about? Yes, there was dramatic shifts in where the heaviest snow would be, but we have had chances for rain Monday and Tuesday, which happened the last two days, with snow on the backside of the system for a while. Yes, Snowfall forecasts have changed over the last 36 to 48 hours pretty dramatically at times, especially across the Great Lakes region. But what are you talking about? We predict a big weather event several days out. I think it rained the last two days, right? Yes. See? I would also argue that, okay, we would never do this, but say that we don't tell you that it's going to snow. How would you react? And then it snowed like this? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's going to ruin your whole day if you got to get up and go to work. It's going to impact your travel. It's going to impact if you're picking up kids from daycare or something like that. Maybe that daycare is going to close because of the snow. We want to make sure we get that out there with enough heads up to where you can plan your life around it. Yeah, and, and if you don't want to use a meteorologist that's on air as a person and you're looking at your phone apps, hey, guess what? Your phone app was telling you that it was going to snow on Wednesday. Same exact thing, and it was probably telling you higher amounts than what we were putting out because we interpret the data differently than those computers. Brian says, might as well say 0 to 24 inches because nobody knows. (laughs) Brian, I'll laugh at that one. That's pretty good. Uh, There's been something circulating on social media that says 0 to 100 inches possible somewhere across this big chunk of the United States. That's not incorrect. That's not incorrect, right? Zero to 100, you're going to get it right. Yeah, and then uh, let's go uh, Let's go to Eric. 
No point. I'm calling them out. They are idiots who don't have a clue about weather. They never get it right. Seems like they don't even try. But bet we end up with a couple inches and this quote-unquote big event is a... Uh, I'll, I'll leave the rest of that comment to be interpreted. <laughs> he basically is calling it a pile of crap. Yeah, Eric. Ouch. Uh, if you uh, listen to this podcast, Eric, uh, you will know that the reason we do hits and misses is because it shows that we care. We do care about our forecast and when we get it right and when we get it wrong. We were stressed out over this snow and how the forecast was coming together because it was changing so much. It was difficult to get a handle on it. And usually we have a good idea on what's going to happen with a snow system uh, of this size uh, at least more than 48 hours out. But 48 hours out, this system was continuously changing. We're usually seeing amounts change. We were seeing a whole swath of snow change locations and where it was going to fall. As we talked about earlier, this was up in Wisconsin and northern Michigan initially. It shifted almost 2,000, or not 2,000, that would be impressive. It shifted 200 miles uh, in that time frame, and that's why we initially gave you a small heads up, like, hey, there's a chance for snow, but we weren't ready to go all the way because it was just starting its shift. And by Monday, it was looking like we were going to see several inches, and National Weather Service was also putting out winter storm watches for that. Yeah, without getting too into the the data here, uh, what this was this whole storm system made so challenging for us meteorologists is two systems were kind of coming together. We had a wave from the south heading our way and a wave from the north. They were going to come together, and they were going to phase, phase, or were projected to phase so the models have a hard time a lot of times when you have these two systems coming together. It's not just one storm system that comes out of Oklahoma and slides right up towards us. Those are still very impactful, and those can be some of our most impactful events, but sometimes those are easier to forecast uh, because it's one system. This was two coming together, and the models just had a hard time outputting that. All right, let's move on. Hits and misses. <laughs> we had some fun there. We'll... Uh, you know, Adam, I think we're still going to get the negative con- uh, comments for a while. So. And that's what it is. And that comes with the nature of the job. And it's a thankless job because guess what? They're not going to thank us for uh, nice weather all yeah, the time. How about Saturday and Sunday? You could have been golfing and grilling this past There weekend. were people golfing, grilling. Motorcycles were out and about. People were biking. People were out on walks. I saw so many people enjoying the nice weather. All right. So obviously we know we have winter weather here, but there's a lot of interesting weather stories going on around the country. This is our new segment called What the Hail? What the Hail? This is going to be a fun segment in my mind. I'm, I think I think this is going to be uh, interesting uh, topics that we find for this, uh, this part of the podcast. Uh, let's take a look at last week. We've seen a lot of clouds here uh, this winter, and that's what we typically see. We addressed it last week that it gets cloudy here because of where we are in terms of our relation to the sun during the winter season uh, with how much radiation we see to burn off some of those clouds. But Seattle, known to be a rainy city. No doubt. Uh, last week, they saw their first day of sun in 80 days. Process that. 80 days, no sunshine. 
it, it, they had some peaks of sun through the clouds, but it was the first day completely cloud-free, which here we, we've gone stretches without seeing the sun. I'd say without looking it up, our max is probably right around a week, and then we'll have a day of sun, and then we'll be right back into a cloudy pattern. Yeah, we've, we've gone through it this winter as we do every winter, but imagine that. That dates back to November? November. It stretches all the way back to November. They also had 7.6 inches rainfall surplus since the beginning of December. And this is their rainy season, so they're supposed to be seeing rain during this time frame. This is when they get 75% of their rain for the year is in this time frame. But they have a surplus, so it's already raining a lot, and they're getting over 7 inches more. I don't think I'd mind it. I don't think I'd mind it. The holidays, uh, cloudy through the holidays. Certainly if it's rain and it's not snow, that's not as fun. But I don't know. I don't think I'd mind it. I think if you go outside, you can uh, have the umbrella, right? You're still, your life's still going to go I mean, on. It's kind of just cloudy. built into your hand at that point, yeah, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it's a part of you. It's part of you. But I've always been a fan of stretches like that. I think sometimes in the summer we get a lot of sun. We get a lot of a lot of the, the sunshine and the warmer temperatures. And sometimes I'm saying, can we just get a cloudy day? Can we get a rainy day so I can sit inside, have a cup of coffee, just chill out? You can do that anyway. I could. You can but, do that when the sun's out. Yeah, but it's for me, it's I kind of like those cloudy days. Believe it or not. Now, I get I 80 think you're days in the minority. In 80 days in a row would probably get a little a little much, but I don't know. Sometimes I kind of like these stretches. The past few days for my weekend where it's been cloudy and rainy has been perfect. Lay in bed all day, watch some TV, relax. There's get not that sun, urge man. to get out and play golf. You know what I mean? I always have that urge, man. I do too, but what I'm saying is for the winter months, when you know you're not going to be able to do it anyways, why have a completely sunny day when you could have some clouds? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm outnumbered on this. Probably. You are like, definitely outnumbered. Prob- I am, probably everybody. But if I can get a chance for some sunshine, then I will do it. I will say this: going back to last week, we had been talking about that sunshine that would be coming Friday and into last weekend. It was very nice. Yes. I enjoyed it. It was nice to have a stretch of days with lots of sunshine and no clouds. Friday and Saturday, you looked up, there was no clouds. And even Sunday, there was barely a cloud in the sky until late in the day. It was incredible. It was fantastic. All right, let's go from one extreme to the other in one day. Anchorage, Alaska set a record high and also had a daily record for snowfall. And you think you have a bad here in Indiana. <laughs> you think it you think the weather changes that much in Indiana. Yes, we've had days here where it's felt like all right, it's fall in the morning or it's more summer like one day and the next day winter's coming in. Think about some October days or November days where you get warm and cold. Or even this past a couple stretches where it's warmed up to almost spring-like feel and it falls right back to winter. This is the daily high record. And later on that day, the record daily snowfall. Yeah, so they set the record high of 44 at midnight. Which you could say is almost spring-like. For them, definitely. Right. If it was a record high, it tied the record high. It's not bad. But then... Shorts. Temperatures drop for, for Alaska, definitely shorts weather. Here, it, it borders on shorts weather this time of year. You could probably get away with 50 degrees. But then you're down, and it's colder, and you've got nine inches of snow. Yeah. That, I could not imagine. Like, if you went, say you went out the night before, and it's like 1130, and you're out, and the temperature's sitting in the mid-40s. You're like, this is fantastic. Not going to have to worry about anything. Spring's here. It's going to be a beautiful stretch. And then the next day, 
By the end of the day, you have nine inches of fresh snow on the ground. That's the beauty of Mother Nature, though. Yes, it is. That's what keeps us employed, right? Yeah, it does. And and having a high at midnight is not all that uncommon, even for us. It, it We've seen it several times, actually, this year so far, that Recently. our high temperatures have been in the early morning hours and then falling Throughout for the, the rest, rest of the day. day right? That's the nature of Arctic air pushing its way in here. It happens. I think it's just a bit more rare when you'll have the warm part of the system pass through early in the day, but then the precipitation comes later in the day. I think oftentimes when we think about just our standard sort of conceptualized weather system model, whatever you want to call it, as it comes through, first you get the warm front that lifts through, we get warmer temperatures behind, and then the cold front will pass. Precip will often be associated with that cold front. So then the precip passes and the temperatures fall behind it. And a lot of times you're done then because we get some colder Arctic air in behind and it's drier air as well. Uh, so we don't necessarily get the precip. But to think that you had all that warm air very early in the day and then still found a way to squeeze out nine inches of snowfall, that's incredible. Yeah, and uh, I, I wonder, I would like to know what their reaction was to that. Well, they'd probably say, yeah, it's Alaska, whatever. It's pretty, much, what pretty we do. much standard for them up there. And they also have parts of Alaska that deal with darkness for 24 hours so mother nature is <laughs> incredible that's another example of it here's one other example of why mother nature is pretty cool especially in the state of michigan if we didn't have the winters you wouldn't be able to do this yes it is the 34th i think it's saint ignis is the is the place that it is they have a snow golf tournament that they are going to be going on uh early march snow and ice golf thoughts so, how much details do you know about this? Because I have a lot of questions. I've I've seen I've seen it done. I did a little bit of research. I don't know all the answers necessarily, but if you shoot them my way, I might be able to give you some some feedback from what I saw. So, ice golf, ice golf. Obviously, you got to have cold temperatures for this to even happen. Yes. Hold up. So you need to be below freezing. The course, it's all on ice. So this isn't just a Michigan thing. This is a northern U.S. thing that many places have. I've seen it in Maine. I've seen it in Minnesota. It's, it's, a, it's a trend that I think has caught on as people get that itch of having to try and figure out how to get their summer fix of golf in the winter season. But what are you using? Are you using a hockey stick? Are you actually using golf clubs? There's golf clubs that are involved. Uh, the ones that I saw in uh, Minnesota, I believe it was, they make their own clubs, and there's uh, there's really not any kind of rules to it uh, from what they were making it sound like. They could hit any kind of ball that they wanted to. Like there were people hitting tennis balls with, uh, with irons, quote-unquote, that had uh, like giant... Uh, binder-sized club faces. So they're trying to figure out a way to scoop up the ball and hit it. Right. And my first thought is you're on ice. So if you're taking a wedge into the ice, aren't you digging into the ice? Couldn't that be kind of counterproductive? Well, th- that was for snow golf. For ice golf, I believe that they just, yeah, they also use irons and actual golf balls. Really? Yeah. It probably be it's a just really hard lie. ground. It's a pretty tight lie. Yeah. You know. Yeah, get some backspin on that thing. Get it out of there. Try and get it to sit down. It'll be difficult. Hopefully when you go on your backswing, you don't wipe out. <laughs> That's true. It would be really interesting to see uh, 
actual full swing? Do they take a full swing or do they? I would imagine if you're playing on ice, just just my first thought. That ball's going to bounce so high when it lands if you take a full swing. Think about when you're out on grass with tennis shoes on. Just the way it's cut so low. Sometimes when you're in the tee box, your shoes might slide a little bit. Mm -hmm. A little bit. That's why you wear golf shoes that have the, the spiked bottoms. But on ice? You got boots on. Boots maybe, but what? I mean, theoretically, you're probably still running the risk of sliding around out there. I think this would be very, very challenging. It, I imagine it would be quite the workout. You wouldn't realize that you're getting a Squeeze workout. Squeeze from the core. Yeah. Keep you, yourself you, up. You would be so sore the next day, I would assume, from swinging a golf club on ice that you're trying to keep your balance and things like that. So how this happens because we have ice in these areas. Yeah. So has there been any change this winter when we've been talking about how, say, Lake Michigan's maybe not frozen as much as normal just because the temperatures haven't really had that really deep freeze over the region are there years where this is not possible, or you're further north enough to where this is generally going to always happen? It, it's up towards the UP, so it's generally, I think, further north enough, and it looks like it's just off the shoreline. So it's not in the middle of Lake Michigan or something like that. So they, they, I see the images and videos I've seen is of them taking a sled and pulling it behind them with all their things inside. Golf clubs there. Yes. So certainly something we can't do here in our region, but hey. Something you can do is it's you cold enough. We could ice golf, ice golf, ice and snow golf. They also do it in the mountains. So that'd about be, that, that you know what? I just added something to my bucket list. I, I would go with you. I'd give it a try. I would imagine putting on ice is probably pretty hard too. I would imagine putting is probably easier than hitting any other kind of golf shot. Yeah, yeah. Because I if you're trying that. to get distance, well, how would you tee it up? You wouldn't tee it up. No, we're going way too deep into this. Way too deep into this. Ice golf. Ice golf. Check it out. Something you can do where the lake is actually frozen. Now, earlier, we read some comments that came in, not necessarily that we asked for, some of those more negative comments we got. But we do always encourage viewer questions. We're going to answer a few of those now. It's the Pass the Forecast Inbox. Yeah, so let's answer the first one. This one comes from Rob. He asks... Is it hard to work with the green screen? You kind of have to guess where you're pointing to, right? Secrets behind the trade scenes. secrets, yes. Trade secrets. So the green screen is a green screen. It's literally a wall of green. It's green, and some stations it's actually red or blue or blue. Um, we won't get into why, but the graphics are laid on that through our camera system, and we stand in front of it. But how do we know what we're pointing to? The magical. TV that's on the side. Yeah, we have two TVs here at Wayne 15. We have two TVs on each side that are basically com uh, computer monitors that size. And we're able to uh, see uh, where we're pointing because the live feed is being put into those monitors. And we're also able to see directly into uh, the camera itself. We flip it over. If you know anything about TV, it's that there's a teleprompter that... Uh, the anchors are reading, and sometimes we read as well. But not often. But, yeah, not whenever not we're doing often. weather. So whenever they take that, they take that and change it into the uh, to the video feed so that we can see it, so we can see directly in front of us and on the sides. And it's all about practice, and it's a trick just to kind of 
get used to where you're pointing. Sometimes it feels like you're pointing the opposite of where you should be pointing. Other times it's just becomes natural after a while. Yeah, the green screen, what I've told a lot of people when they ask about the green screen, I call it the office, my office. So We got a little, we got a little uh, orange or a reddish-orange box that we stand in on the ground that's taped off. So, yeah, we are kind of in our little It's like our office. office. If you're a kicker in the NFL, your office is wherever you're lining up and your job is to get that ball through the uprights, right? If you're a baseball player, your office is the baseball diamond. If you're a musician... Your office may be the performance hall. Well, as weather forecasters, our office is the green screen, and it's something that we've learned over years to know exactly where we are in respect to the green screen, in respect to the graphics, and we can see ourselves on those monitors, and we know just through practice where we're pointing to on those graphics, but it does take time. It takes a little bit of coordination to try to figure it all out. It's basically, imagine if you've ever given a PowerPoint in high school or any kind of presentation at work that... That presentation is now being displayed behind you. Directly behind you, you're standing in front of it, and you have a little, your advanced clicker is what we're holding in our hands, the exact same kind of principle. I always refer to our weather system that we use, uh, WSI, as a souped-up PowerPoint. Yeah, we with select slides what already built. We want in and yeah. things like that. As all the weather data we need. So, yeah, that's a good question, Rob. And we have one other question here. This is from somebody on Facebook who wanted to remain anonymous, their question, I believe it's probably having to do with the snow forecasting we were talking about earlier. This person asks, are there too many models to look at? Are the amount of available model resources leading to poor forecasting overall? So maybe 20 years ago, maybe this person's saying, you know, we only heard the TV people say there's one or two models we're using or something. And now, Adam, as you know, we've got all sorts of tools we're looking at. We have over, we have double digits of models to look at. Uh, and I think I'm of the camp of the more information that I can look at, the better. As long as I understand where that information is coming from. All this weather data is being pulled into these supercomputers that are processing it at super speed and they're taking all these different variables and each model we've touched on this multiple times that they handle everything different each one handles something differently something it it can handle cold better or worse it can handle moisture better or worse so it's knowing those components of those models that helps us to understand which one's might be overdoing snowfall, which one might be underdoing it, and which one might be doing it just right. Exactly. No model is going to be right every single time. And oftentimes, no specific model handles a specific event correctly from start to finish. It's a blend. We use a blend of different sources of data. But as you're saying, when you're coming in there Saturday evening for something that's going to happen on Sunday, you want every available piece of data that you have. It just may be that you're leaning towards a forecast that includes three to five inches of snow, but you look at one more piece of data that's saying, wait a minute, we could see some drier air in here, and that's going to say, you're going to go, okay, hold on a minute. You know, I want to reevaluate this. If we have one model that is saying there's going to be three to five inches of snow tomorrow, whether or not it's right, we're going to stick with it. 
right? Because you'd be stuck. You'd only have one model to use and you'd have your forecast techniques. You'd have your meteorology behind it to where you could maybe say, oh, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but you only really have one piece of data that you're looking at. Yeah, we want, we want to have, as I said, many different things. It's like whenever you're you're looking for an opinion on something, say you're working on a project or you're preparing, you're, you're looking at your golf swing. You want multiple inputs to try and give your feedback. Yeah, and if you take one, one golf swing that wasn't great. If you're getting advice from Charles Barkley on how to do your golf swing. Yeah, right. It's not going to be great. You'll be able to get the job done, not right every time, but if you're getting advice from Charles Barkley. Or uh, myself. Hey. Or myself. You don't want advice from me either. I, I, I've taken some golf tips from you. Really? I believe I have. Why do you seem surprised by that? I'm no good. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm no good. Low 90s, mid 90s, when it's good, when it's bad, over 100, triple digits. Well, our goal is to always break triple digits. That's the goal. That's the goal <laughs> of the weekend weather guys here. But yeah, like you're saying, if you have one golf swing that you look at, or if you have, if you're a bowler, if you're a bowler, okay? Yeah, they keep using analogies. Yeah, I like the analogies <laughs> here. If you're a bowler and you're, 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 you've got one video of one roll, for one frame, and it was terrible, well, someone's going to try to help you. They're going to go through 26 things to try to help you. If you put out your best effort, there's probably less things you need to look at, and you can get in on some of the more minute details, relate that back to the weather models. If a lot of them can get us the general solution, then we can start looking at more finite details. Yeah, we can try and give you the most accurate forecast that we can because that is, in the end, our goal. We take great pride in trying to be as accurate as we can and whenever we do mess up as we've said many times it bothers us and we think about it and we try and learn from it every single time all right so that's all we really have on the agenda here anything else you got going on this week i got nothing else going on we got a home and garden show this week it is the home and garden show week and that's an exciting week for us here at wayne because all of us will be out there at some point or another interacting with some viewers so if you want to come and say some of those mean Facebook comments to our face, uh, you're welcome to do so. Uh, don't be surprised if we react. Uh, it'll be a mystery on how we react. Maybe we react positively. Maybe we'll be a little uh, little upset that we weren't able to be right enough for you. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, it's it's easy to hide behind a Facebook comment. Yeah, it's much easier to do that than look at somebody face to face. We'll see. We'll see. We get last year. We got some mixed reactions. Last year, I was the new guy. Yeah, you are. Now you've been here for a year. Right. I was the new guy last year. I had only been in town for about two months by the time we got to the Home and Garden show. So as people walked by, there were a few people who said, "Hey, you know, you guys get it wrong all the time." But then there were also a few people that said, "Oh, welcome to the team, so and so." That would be Adam, Greg, or Nicholas get it wrong all the time. It wasn't so negative towards me because I was the new guy at the time. Oh, well, now you're um, going to take that full brunt. Exactly. Now now I'm a part of the team, and I'm gladly... You were a part of the team back then, too. Maybe not in the eyes of the viewers, but in, in my eyes, you were a part of the team, Joe. Oh, thanks, Adam. And that's you tremendous. are a that's, fantastic part of this team. That's the best news all day. Thank you. <laughs> we're going way past the forecast here now. Yes, we are. Well, I think that about wraps it up. It's been uh, it's been a wild week in weather for us here. Winter weather chaos is what I called it on Twitter. Uh, hopefully next week 
we'll have uh, some different topics to talk about. Oh, we will. Hopefully the weather gets a little better. Hopefully we're not talking about another major snow system that slides through the United States. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got. We'll see you next time as we'll try to be 29% right about the weather this week. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15.